Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. For the next hour, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you're going to get a heavy dose of my opinions. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show, blogtalkradio.com slash pgan. Send messages to the show on Twitter. At go for it, and why are you there? At go for it, give me a follow. G O F O R I T G N T. Also, also, you can also hit us up on our website, go for it, Go for it, You can also hit us up on Facebook, go for it, there. As well, talk sports, having fun doing it, baby. We're expected to be joined by Miami Dolphins free agent tight end Dominic Jones. He's going to join us. Also, New Hampshire, former New Hampshire running back Dalton Crossing will be joining us. And he had his pro day just the other day, Wednesday to be exact. And he had a lot of success. Had a lot of success, ran a good 40 time, you know, put it, you know, did his thing. So Dalton Crossing will be joining us as well. So we got a great show and we got a short time to get there. We got a lot to get to and a short time to get there. So let's go on and get there right now. So as we all know, March Madness is hot and heavy. You know, everybody's loving what's going on. Obviously, this is a great time of the year for college hoop heads. If you're a college hoop head, you love this time of the year. If you're a college hoop head, you know, you're on cloud nine. And the funny thing about this time of the year, everybody's a college hoop head. You know, everybody watched everybody in all these teams throughout the course of this season. Everybody is coming out of the woodworks talking college basketball. This is the time to talk it, no doubt about it. This is the time to talk it. And obviously it's a fun time of the year. And the thing is, what makes the NCAA tournament special is the finality of it all. I mean, it's win or go home. So it is basically, you know, you got to win a bunch of game sevens in order to go where you want to go. That's the beauty of this tournament. Also, the beauty of this tournament is the Cinderella stories. Those Cinderella stories is what excites people. Everybody loves the underdog. underdog. America loves the underdog. So an opportunity to watch, an opportunity to, you know, watch the underdog possibly win it's very exciting to many. Very exciting. And it's exciting to me. I mean, I would love for a 16 seed to one seed. I would love for that to happen. Will it happen this year? Probably not. But it would be exciting. It would be fun. And it would be something that I would hope could happen. We saw yesterday Mount St. Mary, you know, against Villanova. And, you know, they were out early on Villanova. And they were only down by one at the break. But what tends to happen, obviously, in those games where you got the big boys against the little boys, where you you got a situation where, you know, Villanova, the number one team in this tournament. They are the number one team in this tournament. 
And what happens in this particular tournament is that a lot of times, you know, that team will stick around for a little bit. The little guy will stick around for a little bit. And then they just run out of gas. And they run out of gas because they just don't have the talent. They have the talent to stick around for a little bit, but they don't have the talent to stick around forever. Now, I would love for it to happen, but I don't think it will happen. Can't even talk. I don't think it will happen this year. Again, it would make my day, but it's not going to happen. It's never happened, and it's probably never – well. Never say never, especially with this one and done situation in college basketball. Being that they're one, being that you have the one and duns, you're going to be in a situation where that Cinderella team, that David to the to Goliath, that David team, you know, is going to be a senior laden team, and then you're going to go against a team that's one and done that has a bunch of one and donners. And in that situation, sometimes experience can get it done. So I think we'll see it. As long as we have one and dones, I think we'll see it. It's just a matter of when, but I think it will happen. And I would like for it to happen. I would be excited for it to happen, but it's not happening this year. But we had some upsets today. Rhode Island, number 11, Rhode Island, beats number six, Creighton, in an upset. You know, again, those are exciting. You know, USC beating SMU, maybe that's an upset. I don't know how much of an upset that is. Seed-wise, sure. But if you just look at the two teams, I don't know how much of an upset it really is. But upset nonetheless. So, again, the beauty of this tournament is the upsets. And the more upsets you got, the more exciting it gets. So let's get some upsets. Cinderella, come on and do your thing. We need upsets. And we got, what, pretty much at this point, the CS16 beat a one. You know, our time is running out. But anyway, again, the beauty of this tournament and what makes this tournament so special, again, is the finality. It's the winner go home. And that's what makes it beautiful. That's what makes it exciting. And that's what makes it fun. And the best days of this tournament are the Thursday, Friday. The first Thursday, Friday of the tournament is the best. It's kind of like if you're looking at the NFL, it's like the first two weeks of the playoffs when you have that Thursday, not Thursday, we have that Saturday, Sunday situation going on. That's when it's exciting in the NFL, those first two weeks. And it's just the same way in the tournament. Those first two days for me, because that's the opportunity for the most upsets. After the first two days, don't get me wrong, it's still good. But the first two days is, is when it's great. That's when the tournament is great. So we'll see which teams at the end of the day will have that one shining moment. Coming into this tournament, Villanova's to over is, you know. The number one ranked team overall in this tournament, you know, the highest seeded team in this tournament. Coming into this tournament, I was looking at Villanova, a, a team that, you know, you have a big time coach in Jay Wright, you know, a big time coach. You got guard play, you know, uh, Brunson, you know, and, and what he brings to the table, Hart. And what he brings to the vet table, you know that that guard play to go along with that big time coaching and Jay Wright, that's usually a, a, a good recipe in, in terms of winning a NCAA title. That's usually a good recipe. 
Villanova, I think, has that recipe. We'll see if that recipe will work in these next few weeks. When we come back, we're going to be joined by former New Hampshire running back Dalton Crossing. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean see anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I was, trying to throw uh, you, you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're capable. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. That's all. That's not Robbie. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> and we're back. Paul Gant here. BlogTalkRadio.com slash pgant. Go for it. Talking sports. Having fun doing it. We're about to bring in a guy now who has some fun on Wednesday at his pro day. He did his thing at his pro day. I mean, 4.4640, which would be what? In the top 10 of the running backs at the NFL Combine. So he did his thing there. He ran the 40 time well, and obviously he had a good year at the University of New Hampshire. So he did his thing there. So we're going to bring in a guy now who's preparing for the upcoming NFL draft. Let's bring him in now. Former New Hampshire running back. Dalton Crossing. Dalton. Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? Good. Yourself? Great. Doing great. Let's get right down to it. You had your pro day on Wednesday. And as we said, the numbers look good. 4.4640. Solid numbers. Talk about your pro day performance. Uh, yeah, you know, it was good. Um, I, I've been out in uh, in San Diego training for the past uh, about eight weeks I was out there, um, you know, just trying to, to put up some big numbers and turn some heads. Um, and I think I definitely did that on Wednesday. You know, I uh, I would have finished in the top 10 in every category if I, uh, for running backs at the combine. Um, I would have been number one in the shuttle um, and then a bunch more top five finishes as well. So I was very happy with the performance. For sure. That's a big-time performance, and a guy like you needed that big-time performance. How many teams did you have there? So, unfortunately, we had a, uh, a big blizzard here yes. um, up in New Hampshire uh, on Tuesday. So there was only about three or four scouts that were able to make it uh, travel-wise because um, a lot of them couldn't, couldn't travel on Tuesday, obviously. But uh, my coach had said that um, there had been about eight or nine scouts in the past couple of days that had requested the video because we had filmed the whole thing. Okay. So, yeah, so, so we're going to be able to get the video and the times out to, to most, if not all the teams. So it's, uh, it'll be good that way. So they're going to love that video, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the numbers that you recorded, were, were those the numbers that you expected to record um, in some of the in some of the um, events, yes, and in some of them, I actually out uh, did better than I than I had thought I, I would. Um, the vertical and the broad jump, I did uh, 35 in the vert and 10 foot two on the broad, which was a little bit higher and farther than I thought I was going to do than I had been doing. Um, but the 40 was definitely right around where I wanted to be. Um, anything in the four fours or in the, even in the low four fives would have been a good time for me. And the, um, the side to side drills, I was actually, I, I still ran really good times, but I had been a little bit faster in training, but, um, you know, I was still happy with the times overall. So take me, take me, you know, through your head as you go through some of these drills, obviously a guy like you, 
it's very important for you to get a big time 40 time, you know, to, to do well in the broad jump, so on and so forth, because of, you know, you being a small school guy. But kind of take us through your head. What is your mindset as you approach these events, the 40 time, the broad jump, you know, the, the weightlifting? Take us through it. Right. You know, I mean, I, uh, I'm someone who obviously, like you said, coming from a small school, um, is definitely very, very beneficial to put up big numbers that either compare or, um, you know, are better than some of these bigger school guys who are, who get a lot more attention and, and media attention throughout the season. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like that. And I, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I feed off it and kind of always have a chip on my shoulder because of the, you know, lack of attention, you might say. Um, but, you know, I, I also trust in my preparation and know how hard I work, um, you know, especially these past eight or nine weeks uh, leading up to pro day, you know, and I just kind of fall back on that and, um, you know, definitely get going before the pro day starts and then just kind of, you know, like I said, trust in my preparation, um, you know, and my, and my hard work leading up to it, um, you know, and then just kind of get in the zone and, and just go out there and do it. We're talking to former New Hampshire running back Dalton Crossing. So what's next for you now? I mean, obviously you went through the pro day. You, you did your thing there. What's next for you? Right. So now um, I believe we're, we're in like the, the process, obviously now that I think there's still about six weeks to go until the draft. Um, so, you know, there's definitely going to be just some weight, like the waiting game involved um, and obviously get back to training and, you know, keep trying to get better. Um, now it's, it's good that I don't have to, you don't have to train specifically for, combine and pro day events where like the 40 and the 5105 you can kind of get back to doing more um you know football based stuff um but yeah there there's going to be hopefully some some uh individual workouts uh with teams um that I'll have I actually just uh set one up or got one set up uh with the Giants uh today okay. uh they I got they reached out um so that'll be April 7th um and then hopefully I'll have a couple more of those and and maybe some visits. I know each team gets about 30 guys that they can uh, that they can bring in for a visit. So we'll see kind of how that whole process plays out in these next six or seven weeks leading up to the draft. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's just pretty much back to uh, back to the grind. You know, every day, just working hard, trying to get better. How do you approach the individual workouts? Um, you mean at, at like at a pro day? Uh, like individual workouts, meaning with a specific team, whether it's with the Giants or any other team. Okay. I got you. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, and to, I, I feel like that is one of my de – definitely one of my strong suits is, you know, getting into the actual football stuff, you know, running routes, catching balls, doing specific running back or slot receiver drills. Um, you know, I feel like that's definitely where I excel. Uh, I, I put in a lot of work, like I said, and – and it's just kind of, you know, trusting in that preparation and, uh, you know, just going out there and performing, you know, and, and getting these uh, these scouts and these front office guys to, um, you know, really kind of double take and, and be like, hey, who's that kid, you know, and, and definitely look into you a little more. And, and hopefully that leads to either a, uh, you know, a late round draft pick or a, uh, you know, a priority free agent after, you know, during or after the draft's over. We're talking to former New Hampshire running back Dalton Crossing and, you are a Long Island guy, New York. Are you a Giants, Jets fan? Who was your team growing up? You know, so I, I get this question a lot. Um, I've never really been like a diehard uh, fan of any team. Um, if, if, if I have to pick a team, it's, it's the Giants, I usually say. But, you know, I, I go to school up here in New Hampshire, and a lot of my buddies are diehard Patriots fans, you know, where they – their whole week is based off whether the Patriots win or lose, which luckily for them, it's usually win. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've kind of been, I've kind of, kind of been a guy where, you know, I just love watching football. Um, you know, I, I have players that I like and, and I definitely root for the giants, but it's not a, it's not a thing where, you know, my whole week is, is make or break, whether they win or lose. It's kind of just a, uh, more of just a football overall football fan. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, all right. So let me ask you this now. You are a lacrosse guy. I mean, you got a lot of looks in high school, Notre Dame, Michigan. You know, you easily could have went there and played lacrosse and had a lot of success playing lacrosse. So let me ask you this. Any regrets in, in terms of not playing lacrosse at Notre Dame or Michigan? 
Uh, no, not not even in the uh, not even at all. Um, you know, I grew up playing lacrosse because in Long Island it's a huge, huge um, you know lacrosse area, uh, one of the biggest in the country. Um, you know, and and I was fortunate enough to to be a good lacrosse player and and definitely get some looks out of high school. Um, and I entertained the recruiting process in lacrosse just because of the the caliber of the of the schools that were recruiting me. But kind of, I always knew that my heart was in football and that football was a sport I loved. You know, I, I was never really a lacrosse player. I was always a football guy. Um, you know, so, so again, yeah, I, I definitely couldn't have, because, you know, Division One sports is a, is a pretty much a full-time job. So I don't think I would have been able to do that with lacrosse just because I didn't really love it like I loved football. Gotcha. So are you a better football player or are you a better lacrosse player? I th- I think I'm a better football player. I think okay. I can do more. Um, I think I can do more on the football field in terms of versatility. All right. Talk about your versatility. I mean, you know, you, you obviously you, you've been lined up in the slot. Obviously, you're a running back. You do some things in the return game as well. Talk about the versatility of Dalton Crossing. Right. Yeah, I think that that is probably one of, if not my strongest, um, you know, attribute is, is that versatility. Uh, like you said, I've lined up in the slot, um, especially when I was younger. I used to play a lot of slot, a lot of wide out. Um, you know, I, I've returned kicks all four years that I've been here. Um, you know, and that's just kind of something that I pride myself on and that, and that I work a lot on is, you know, even ability to run routes out of the slot. I do a lot of that in the off season. Um, I have very natural hands, you know, and, and that's kind of one of the things that the, uh, that a lot of the scouts have expressed interest in is the um, the fact that I can do so many different things and I'm not kind of just a one-trick pony, you know, and then I can even, I'll play special teams in terms of running down, covering a kick or play, being a gunner on punt. You know, I feel like I can do all that stuff at a pretty high level. So, um, you know, I think that's one of the things that uh, that I can definitely offer to to a team. Going back to lacrosse for a moment, I mean, Obviously, the natural comparison is Patriots' Chris Hogan. Does that annoy you at times, that comparison? Um, you know, I've, yeah, I've, actually, I've dealt with this a lot over the past couple of weeks, uh, a couple of articles that came out, um, you know, about comparing me to Chris. And it doesn't – the only thing that bothers me about it is the fact that, you know, he was a four-year college lacrosse player at Penn State, you know, and then played one year of college football. Like, I feel like when when some people make that comparison, they think of me as a lacrosse guy who's, you know what I mean, who's trying to make it in football. Um, the, the reality is, is I've always been a football guy. You know what I mean? I played in high school. I actually didn't even play my senior year of lacrosse um, in high school because of an injury. But, you know, I've always been a football guy first and, and kind of had that mentality. But, you know, Chris is an unbelievable – lacrosse player and obviously an unbelievable football player. So, you know, you know, to, to get compared to him is, is never a bad thing. So football first. Right. Correct. So do you play like, can you play like pick up lacrosse? Do you do that? I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm sure I could, but obviously with, with everything that's going on right now um, with football, there's uh there's definitely no time for that. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe you know after I, after I finish my NFL career and some of the boys back home are playing a pickup game. Who knows? But you know, for for, for right now, it's uh, it's all football. We're talking to former New Hampshire running back Dalton Crossing. So, as we said, the pro day was great. It worked out well for you. You did your thing. You, you put up big time numbers. Have you heard anything in terms of where you possibly could go in terms of the draft? Is it the draft? Is it priority free agent? Have you heard anything? Yeah, I've actually been hearing a lot. Um, you know, scouts who, who talked to me after um, after Pro Day was over and scouts who have been talking to my agent. Um, it's So, like, right now, where, where I'm at is there's definitely a chance, and a lot of scouts said they definitely wouldn't be surprised if a team took a chance and, you know, and, and took me in one of the fifth, sixth, seventh, um, you know, one of the late rounds um, of the draft. So that, so they think that's definitely a possibility. Um, but if not um, drafted, then, you know, a lot of them are saying that I'll for sure be a, uh, at least a priority free agent, you know, and sign a contract and be in a camp next year. So, you know, I mean, as long as I get my opportunity one way or the other, you know, that's, uh, 
that's all I really want, you know, because I know I'll make the most of it. So let me ask you this. We, you are a small school guy, and there are a lot of people who have not seen you play. For those who have not seen you play, what do you talk about your game? Compare your game maybe to somebody in the league now. Right, yeah. When I, when I get asked this question, uh, I usually say either because, like like we were talking about versatility wise before, I feel like I'm I'm big enough where you know I can play running back and I can um, you know carry the ball off tackle up the middle. Um, you know I'm 200 anywhere between 200 205 pounds, um, and then I can also you know pick up a blitz on third down. But then I versatility wise, I can also line up in the slot, line up out wide run good routes, you know, be quick enough for all that stuff. Um, so sometimes I say that I'm kind of like a Julian Edelman, but who can also line up in the backfield and, and, and take a handoff up the middle. Um, or then sometimes, sometimes I like to say David Johnson too, just because of how versatile he is in terms of, you know, being a running back, uh, motioning out to the slot, creating mismatches with linebackers, safeties. You know, he catches a lot of balls, had a, had a ton of all purpose yards this year. Um, but, you know, kind of any, any, any one of those all-purpose type of players is, is who I usually compare myself to. All right, so let me ask you this. End of the day, why should anybody, any team, give Dalton Crossing an opportunity? Uh, you know, one man, just because of my work ethic and, uh, you know, my – just the history that I've had, um, you know, in terms of dominating it at every level that, you know, I've ever played at in any sport I've ever played at, um, played. Um, and then like we were talking about, I mean, that's not to beat a dead horse, but versatility, you know, I can kind of do everything, um, you know, and I'm going to work my hardest at it. If I'm not great at it, you know what I mean? I'm going to work my hardest to, to become great at it. And, uh, you know, I think I can definitely, um, you know, do that and, and definitely contribute to a team. Um, whether it's on special teams or on offense, um, and I think I think that'll uh, that's really the selling point. Sounds good. So fans, follow his journey. Hit him up on Twitter, D underscore Cross thirty four. Instagram as well, D Crossing thirty four. That's D Crossing thirty four on Instagram and support all the great things going on with Dalton Crossing. I'm on your Instagram now, man, and, you know, I'm seeing some pictures, shirt off, and you're looking pretty yeah. ripped. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, we were working hard out there in San Diego, me and all my boys. Okay, all right. So if I had that body, I don't think I would own a shirt. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I try and keep it on as much as possible, but sometimes you, uh, especially out there in San Diego, it gets hot. <laughs> I'm jealous, man. I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> Dalton, absolute pleasure talking to you. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Would love to do it again. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. No problem. Take care. You too. Dalton Crossing, former New Hampshire running back, as he prepares for the upcoming NFL draft which is just around the corners. Close! And wait, all the speculation, all the he said, she said, is done. And now we just get down to the get down and we figure out where he or anybody else will go. Let's go to Ezekiel Elliott now. Thank you, Elliot. You know, <laughs> a guy now who has to learn how to make better decisions, who has to learn, who has to understand that you are an NFL football player. You are a professional athlete to whom much is given, much is expected. So much is expected of Zeke. And he had a big time running, but uh, he's a big time running back, obviously. And he had a big time year. And because of those things, in reality, people are going to be watching and paying attention to what he does. He's a star in the National Football League. Now, 
Here's what I will say. What he did, obviously, is something you're not supposed to be doing. But, but, he was at a parade. And, and I'm not condoning what he did. I'm not condoning what he did. But many people probably have done what Ezekiel Elliott did on that float. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it acceptable. All right? It just doesn't. And because of the position that Elliott's in at this point, because, you know, you had, a, 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 you know, an alleged domestic violence incident, because you had that, you know, because you had these things, you have to be very careful what you do. You can't be out and about doing crazy things. You can't be visiting marijuana, you know, stores when you're in Seattle. You can't be doing that. You can't be doing it. You know, you, you, you can't be, you know, hanging out with guys who's carrying guns, which happened to you in Columbus, Ohio. You can't be doing those type of things as an NFL running back especially as a star NFL running back. Can't do it. Not smart, not wise, not prudent. Can't do it. And now you're 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 at a parade, you're on a float, and you're exposing women's breasts as you can't do it. Again, even if she was cool with it, even and your team, your you know, your representative said she was okay with it, even though she's cool with it, even though she's happy with it, even though it doesn't matter to her, you can't do it because of who you are. And the reality of it is, in this day and age of TMZ sports, in this day and age of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you name it. In this day and age, you got to be careful what you do, where you do it, when you do it, and how you do it, because somebody could be watching. And they're watching with a camera. And once you post it, and once you press send out there on, on the internet, on Instagram, Snapchat, and all those places, it's there for good. So if you're Ezekiel Elliott, you got to be wise. You got to be smart. You got to recognize what you are at this point of your life. And what you are at this point of your life is an NFL football player. And an NFL football player, much is expected of you. You got a lot. You had a big time year. You put up big-time numbers, and now many think you're probably going to be a big-time star. Your name is out there. Your name rings bells, and people are talking about you. Because your name rings bells, because people are talking about you, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. For any other young guy doing what you did on that float, might have been okay. You know, might have been okay for any other 21-year-old out there. And also, I think we got to recognize and realize and understand that Ezekiel Elliott's only 21 years old. 21. So at the age of 21, I'm sure many of us have done things that were regrettable. Here's the difference. When I grew up, there was no Snapchat. There was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram. People didn't have cameras on their cell phones. Didn't have it. So if I was going to do something like Ezekiel Elliott, and obviously I'm not an NFL football player, so I can get away with it. It doesn't matter. People wouldn't care. But when I grew up, I didn't have to deal with that. Athletes in the past did not have to deal with it. Athletes now, man, woo, 
TMZ Sports, they're out there. If you're doing it, they're going to see it. And it's going to be on somebody's phone, somebody's Snap, somebody's Insta, somebody's FB, somebody's Twitter. It's going to be somewhere. So Ezekiel Elliott, you got to be wise. You got to be smart. You got to be better. I'm not mad at you because I know you're young. And to be young is to be dumb, is to be stupid. It comes with the territory. How many 21-year-olds have done stupid things? How many? A lot. Everybody that's been 21 should raise their hands because you've done some stupid things. And Ezekiel Elliott is no different from you. Different from the standpoint that he is an NFL football player, that makes him different than a lot of us. But at the end of the day, he's 21, you've been 21, and you know what it's like to be 21, and you know what's going through your head at the age of 21, and you know some of the things that you've done at the age of 21. Zeke has to be better, for sure, but he is only 21. And that's how I see it. We're going to bring in a guy now, NFL free agent Dominique Jones. You know, he's been on – his football journey has taken him to many different places. You know, Redding, Pennsylvania, Sacramento, California, a bunch of different places. And ultimately, he got into the NFL. Ultimately, he was with the Dolphins in their training camp, got cut, but they let him – he signed back later in the season. Ultimately, he finished the season with the Dolphins. Ultimately, when given an opportunity, he played well. But Dominique Jones is a free agent. He is on the open market. The Dolphins may not be an option for him at this point, but I think there will be some options for him, you know, come training camp, OTAs, mini camps, and things of that nature. But we're going to bring him in now. Let's bring him in now. Free agent tight end, Dominique Jones. Dominique, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. And Dominique, you currently are an unrestricted free agent right now after finishing the season with the Miami Dolphins. Where are you at in terms of your free agency? I'm just waiting on the call right now. Uh, um, uh, I guess this is supposed to be a strong tight end draft. So uh, my agent was telling me it might be a couple of weeks before I get the next opportunity. I guess uh, some guys, they want to look at some uh, younger guys first and see what they get and and then go from there. But uh, I'm just getting ready and, and going to be prepared and ready to take advantage of that next opportunity when it comes. Do you think that next opportunity will come with the Miami Dolphins? I know they acquired Julius Thomas at this point. Is Miami a possibility, you think, at this time? I, I don't I don't close any door. You just never know in this league. I mean, with so many injuries that happen every day and uh, as far as that goes, I, I never close a door. I mean, I would love to go back to Miami. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if uh, I get picked up somewhere else, I'll be just as happy. I just want that next opportunity to continue to prove that I can I can play in this league. So, ultimately, when you got your chance, when you got your chance in Miami, you played fairly well. You had that performance against the Jets, three catches, 42 yards, also a touchdown, the first touchdown of your career. Do you feel like for you it's just a matter of getting that opportunity yeah, I feel like the more the more playing time that I get, the the more I can show what I actually can do on the field. I mean, just the opportunity to start against the Jets and play majority of the game that 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 actually showed exactly what I can do as a tight end and as a football player. So just getting more and more time, I, I'm gonna, gonna continue to get better and better. What did it feel like to get that first touchdown? That was amazing. It was an amazing feeling. I had I actually had one uh, against Pittsburgh a few weeks before, and I got called back because I wasn't lined up on the ball correctly. So I kind of shot myself in the foot with that one. But to come back a couple weeks later and finally get my first one, it was just an amazing feeling. You still got the ball? I do. Okay. It's in my man cave right now at the house. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Sounds good. We're talking to free agent tight end, Dominique Jones. So, Dominique, one of your guys in your tight end group, called it quits, Jordan Cameron. They're dealing with concussion issues. 
What was your reaction to his retirement? Uh, I know J- we, me and JT had a, a bunch of talks during the season. Uh, we got real close. I was me and the other tight ends were out of his house a lot, just trying to keep his spirits up. Uh, I know he had a bunch of concussions before coming to Miami, and his last one kind of scared on me. He has a son and stuff like that. So everybody, when he wants to make sure that if he did continue to play, he was going to be able to not not only function but but have a, a good life afterwards. So I mean, just him just uh, retiring so young. I feel like he was just worried about his safety and, and his long-term future. Football's a, a game, very physical game, and a game that really taxes the body in many different ways. Exactly. So you can't be upset, angry, or anything when a guy retires at a young age, especially dealing with the concussion issues and not, especially not knowing what we not know about I mean, concussions at this point. Exactly. I mean, I, I read some research, and they were saying that uh, when you when every time you get somebody off the line as far as like blocking goes, it's almost like a minor car accident. So you can't hide at the tight end position. Some position you can hide and not get hit as much, but at the tight end position, you're in the trenches most of the time. So you're getting hit and your head is snapping back. So I mean if if you're and once you get one concussion it just keeps on coming. It's hard to it's hard to, to gauge on whether or not you're gonna get another one. And you can't go out there playing tentative that's how you get hurt in the first place. So with all that being said, I mean you were a basketball guy. What made you take on football? Man, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, God had a plan for my life. That, that it was completely different from the one I had. I wanted to play in the NBA, playing basketball my whole life, which my pops did. And it just turned upside down uh, after my uh, sophomore year in college. Uh, I just decided to, to walk onto the football team. I mean, I had played a little bit in high school, but not much. But I just felt like, well, maybe let's try this out and, and try it out. And it, and it all ended up working out. But was it a matter of you not thinking possibly your basketball career wouldn't go to the NBA, or is that why you gave I mean, it up it was, on some it, level too? It was, it was some, yeah, it was some of that. I mean, you just, I mean, it's so hard to make it in the NBA or even overseas and, and, and be a professional <laughs> basketball player. But I mean, once I started playing football, I figured, okay, well, this is my best chance if I want to do something after college, in order as far as professional goes. We're talking to free agent tight end Dominique Jones. And, Dominique, I just look at your football journey. I mean, it's taking you to many different places. Sacramento, Reading, Pennsylvania. I mean, many different stops in the NFL as well. Kansas City, Indy, of course, Miami. So a bunch of different stops in the NFL. So along the way, were there moments where you thought about just giving up football? Yeah, I mean, of course, everybody has everybody has that doubt running through their mind. I mean, being being fired what fourteen times now. I mean, it's just it gets old. But I mean, sometimes you have a dream and you just want to accomplish that dream. And I feel like I'm putting deadlines on certain things. Like, okay, I'll give it a month here. I'll give it a month there. And if I don't get picked up, then I mean, we're looking to do something else. I mean, I got a two year old and a wife, so I'm like, okay, I can't continue to just chase this dream forever. But every time I put that deadline on it, I got another opportunity. So it's just, I mean, God has continued to bless me with opportunities and, and keep me in the NFL as long as I've been in. So, I mean, I just just haven't given up and just persevering. Is there a deadline in terms of if you don't, say, get an opportunity in the next few months, is there a deadline in terms of whether or not you give up football at this point? No, I haven't put one on this time. I really haven't sat down and, and been like, okay, this is this is what I want to do as far as if I'm going to step away or continue to pursue it. Right now, I'm just taking it day by day. I know I'm going to get another opportunity. I mean, the rosters go back to 90 years soon, so eventually I'm going to get a chance to be in somebody's camp or be in somebody's OTAs. So I'm just waiting on that. I really haven't put a deadline on anything right now. What do you feel like you need to do to to stick and stay? in the NFL. Is, is there anything that you could point to that you feel like you can do or should do, should be doing in order to stay in the uh, NFL? I, I mean, the whole, the whole league, the whole thing is my weight right now. I mean, I played at 270 this year. The league wants me to get down to 260. So that, that's what I've been focusing on this off season. Um, is just get my weight down and keeping it down during the season. That's, that's the feedback I'm getting from pretty much every team in the NFL right now. Okay. All right. And is that what you're looking to do at this point in time? Yes, yes. I'm focused right now on getting my weight down to 260, and once I do that, then, then 
hopefully at that time also getting calls and, and getting an opportunity to come in and visit with teams, and they'll see that what my commitment level is and give me an opportunity to come in and compete for a job. So let me ask you this now. As we said, you play basketball. Obviously, you're a football player as well. Dominic Jones, better basketball player or better football player? <laughs> I mean, that's a tough question because, I, I mean, basketball was my love. I mean, still kind of like I, I love playing basketball almost every day in the off season. There's only so much you can do for football. And I feel like basketball is helping me with my cardio and my footwork and stuff like that. But overall, I would have to say that I'm a better football player just because, I mean, I, I've made it this far. For sure, for sure. So I look at you and, you know, obviously you, you had success at Liberty. I mean, you averaged 18 points per game in your sophomore season. Describe your hoop game. How, how do you play? Who can we compare you to in the NBA at this point? Man, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, in high school and college, I was more of a pass-first guy. I mean, I was trying to get assists. Uh, and, and just win the game. I didn't care about scoring at all. Scoring just, if it happened to happen, I just wanted to win the game and, and, and make my guys better. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Jason Kidd, I couldn't really okay. shoot it. So, I guess he, he uh, that was one of my struggles in basketball. I didn't have a consistent jump shot, and he really didn't have one, although he is one of the top ten three-point shooters because he shot so many and played so long. But I, I guess that's what I would compare my game to. Okay. All right. So, you know, at the end of the day, maybe if you would have, been like a Jason kid and, and stuck it out and, you know, sh- you know, kept shooting and kept shooting. Maybe you would have become a better shooter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this now. March Madness is going on right now. It's hot and heavy. Who do you got, man? Who wins this whole thing? Oh, man, I went, I went with Duke this year. I mean, I feel like they're the hot okay. team, just watching them overcome so many injuries and so many off-the-court issues. You got Coach K having surgery and being out for a while. You got Grayson Allen with all his shenanigans that he was throwing. And then, I mean, you got guys that's just stepping up and, and taking the pressure off him because he was their he's their guy coming into the season. And now Kennard is starting to ball for them and Jason Tatum. So I feel like all the pressure is off of is off of uh, Grayson Allen. And they're, they're able to just come and play team basketball. And just the way they went to the ACC gauntlet, man, that's the toughest conference in, in the basketball right now. And they went through four days, four games in four days and, and won the tournament. So I feel like they're playing the best basketball right now. So I have them in the, uh, winning it all. Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll write it down. So I know you're friends with Jared Dudley. How much do you follow the NBA? I follow a lot. I mean, I try to watch. Uh, I got the lead pass. So I try to watch uh, most of his games. I'm a, I'm a diehard Lakers fan. I mean, I'm bleeding blue. I mean, purple and gold. I mean, I've been watching. I watched Kobe grow up. Uh, he grew up before my, I mean, we, that, that's what I did in my household. We watched the Lakers. So. Um, I, I watch the NBA a lot. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens this year. I mean, there's a lot of injuries going on right now with all the top teams, so they're all struggling right now. But I'm I'm hoping for another Cavs and Warriors uh, championship. How you feeling about your Lakers and tanking at this point? Man, I mean, I mean that's what we got to do because if we win a couple more games and get out that and get out that uh, top three uh, pick, and we lose our pick to the Sixers, so that, that wouldn't be yes. good for the organization right now, man. We need a, we need a superstar. Somewhere, somehow, we, we got to either develop one or go out and, and give somebody $300 million so we can get a superstar in town so we can get back to our winning ways. <laughs> you know, I am a lifelong Sixers fan, so on some level, I'm rooting for the Lakers to win. I mean, because I, I yeah. want to get that pick. <laughs> yeah. Sixers, I mean, I've been reading a couple of reports in Bleacher Report about uh, the, the league, the future of the league, and they're saying the Lakers and the Sixers are supposed to be the next, the next wave as far as uh, championship contenders in the next four or five years. So we'll see how everybody develops. I mean, the league is getting younger and younger every year. Uh, the draft is supposed to be really loaded the next couple of years, so we'll see how, how everything shakes out. I, I'm I'm happy as a Sixers fan. I like where we're going. We'll see what happens. I mean, you know, with Embiid yeah. and Ben Simmons and all those guys. So it, it's a good yeah. time for me personally to be a Sixers fan. I know they, I know they still stink, but we're still building, and I'm happy about that. Let me ask you this. Yeah, You're an NBA guy. Russell Westbrook, MVP of the league. In my opinion, if he averages a triple-double, he's the MVP. How do you feel about the MVP? I know Harden's out there, LeBron. The, the problem, How do you feel the about problem it? Is, is, the problem is, is James Harden's team is third in the West behind the Spurs and the Warriors. I mean, and he's 
basically doing it. The roster with them and and OKC, I don't know. If, I, I, it's almost comparable to me. And he's still he's winning more games than Russell Westbrook. I mean, Russell Westbrook is averaging a triple double, and that, I mean that's never been done. But one time in the, in the history of the NBA, it's been done before. So I mean, I, I think I would go with James Harden at this time. Wow. I mean, I, I look at it a little differently. To me, something that has not been done in like 50-plus years, to me that has to be – you have to win the MVP because no one thought that anybody could average a triple-double. No – I mean, it was an unbreakable record seemingly. And Russell Westbrook is probably going to do it. To me, I understand Harden. I understand how good his team is. But to me, if you average a triple-double, you got to win the MVP. Yeah. I mean, but you also have to win. I mean, the, the, the best player from the best team is the guy that wins the MVP pretty much. That, yes. That's how it goes. Even back in the day when Kobe when Kobe in, what, what was that, 06 and 07, when Steve Nash won instead of him, Kobe was right. averaging 35 and destroying the league. Steve Nash won it because his team was the number one team in the West. Kobe was 7th and 8th. So that that's, that goes to show that's how it's been over the history as far as who no they're doubt. picking for the MVP. But Kobe didn't average a triple-double. That's that's rarefied that's air. That's, that's true. That, that's very true. Well, I mean, averaging 36 a game for a whole season, I, I mean, only person that was doing that was Jordan before then. He was, he was killing the league. That's when he was getting... Yeah, that's true. That's true. 31. I, I just... I, Feel like you have to, you have to do that, and you have to win games. Nine games over five hundred. Not good enough for you. Harden is third in the West, and, and the West you know, <laughs> is, is the toughest, toughest conference. For sure, for sure. I mean, LeBron, so would, let me ask LeBron you would be fourth in the West right now. Right, that's true. So let me ask you this: End of the day, who wins the MVP? I mean, we all have our opinions, but who wins it? You think? James Harden. Okay. James Harden. All right, all right. So we'll see what happens. That's that's going to be interesting. While I got you here, who's going to win this whole thing? Who's going to win in the NBA Finals? Oh man, it's tough. It's, it, I think it's whoever get healthy first. I mean, Cavs are struggling a little bit with injuries. The Warriors are struggling with injuries. So you got Houston that's getting an opportunity to come up. You got the Wizards. You got the Celtics. They're they're giving them opportunities. But I, at the end of the day, when everybody's healthy, it's going to be Cavs versus Warriors. It's going to be Game Seven in Golden State, and who's going to bring it that night? Uh, I, I would like to I would like to see the Warriors get their revenge. LeBron is playing at a different level right now. I mean, when you get into the finals, he's down 3-1, you come back and win it like that on somebody else's home floor. It's never been done before. I mean, you just never know. But right now, right now, I'm going to be biased, and I'm going to go with the Warriors. <laughs> okay. All right. And we'll see what happens, but I will say this. If Kevin Durant does not come back, or if he comes back and he's not 100%, I don't know if they can get out of the West. They're in trouble because if if they better get that one seed and have to stay away from Houston and San Antonio in that that second-round matchup, they need to to play them dudes in the Western Conference Finals and have home court advantage. But if they mess around and have to play like OKC in the first round, and then have to go into have to go to the Rockets and play them in the seven game series. They're going to be so tired. It's just going to be it's going to be tough without, sure. without a full full strength roster. For sure. So we'll see what happens, man. I know it's going to be fun. We're talking to free agent tight end Dominique Jones. So you have your first youth camp coming up out there in San Diego in June. Tell us about it. All right, so uh, yeah, our youth camp is coming up in in, in June. Uh, we haven't set a tentative date. Uh, it's going to be in the San Diego area, though. So we're just looking for a bunch of kids to come out. It's going to be a free camp. We're going to teach some life skills, some football skills, as well as we're going to do a celebrity game that night. Uh, so it's going to be a fun day, full of activities and event for the kids and families, and then we're going to have fun with it. You going to show them a little basketball too? Yes. Yep, yep. We're gonna play a little basketball at night. Uh, hopefully, I can get a couple of my uh, my teammates out there and uh, some some former teammates and just have a good uh, a good night. For sure, for sure. So, fans, make sure you go to the website dominiquejones85.com. That's dominiquejones85.com. 
Hit him up on Twitter at Dominic Dominic Jones Five. That's Dominic Jones Five on Twitter and support all the great things going on with free agent tight end Dominique Jones. So, end of the day, we're going to see you in somebody's camp soon. Yep. All right. All right. Yep. We should, we should get the opportunity coming up here soon. So, I'm just waiting on the call. My agent's doing all the groundwork, talking to different teams. So, we're just looking for the right fit, and, uh, and we'll be somewhere pretty soon. Sounds good. Let me ask you this. Hypothetically speaking, and this is truly, truly hypothetical, if the NFL doesn't work out, would you think about Canada at all? Uh, they really don't have tight ends in Canada. I, I looked into it, uh, like I said, being cut a bunch of times and waiting for the next opportunity. I looked into it. Uh, they really don't have a true tight end. They're more receiver guys up there in Canada, so I don't think that would be a spot where I would be able to continue my career at. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, fans, one more time. Go to the website, DominiqueJones85.com, and support all the great things going on with free agent tight end Dominique Jones. Dominique, absolute pleasure, man. Yes, Wish you nothing but the best Thank of you luck. For me. We'd love to do it Thank again. Thank you for having me. Dominique Jones, tight end, free agent tight end, looking to find that next spot, his next destination. And we'll see what that spot, that destination will be for him. So, obviously, as we said, March Madness is going on. And my hopes are fading away. Kansas is, you know, beating down UC Davis right now. Kansas, the number one seed. UC Davis, the 16th seed. So my wish, my my desire of a number one seed going down in this tournament is slowly, slowly going away. So it is what it is. All the number one seeds have won, and Kansas is on their way to winning. Marshawn Lynch. There are reports that the Raiders are thinking about bringing in Marshawn Lynch, whether through a trade or or by a release or or whatever. You know, obviously, if he gets released, you know, the Raiders can negotiate a contract with him. And a trade, obviously, is a totally different story because they have to figure out what they do with the contract that he already has. So I, I look at the situation. Marshawn Lynch is 31 years old. I, I know retired at the end of 2015. He was banged up, bruised up, uh, you know, had an injury-riddled 2015 season. So football is left in Marshawn Lynch. You, you wonder how much football is left with it and him. And, and so I think that's a question that has to be – he's a running back. You know, and he's hit that magic age of 30. Doesn't always go up. It usually goes down at the age of 30. So at the end of the day, how much good football does this guy have after sitting out a season, two seasons, well, it'll be two, a season, how much football does he have? How much football does he have? And, and I think that's a question, obviously, the Raiders are going to have to figure out if they want to fact. If they want to, in fact, bring him in. I mean, he played seven games during his final season with the Seahawks. You know, wasn't very productive. Obviously, injuries played a role in that, but was sub four in terms of yards per carry. And this is a guy who, you know, had seasons before that, 1,300 yards in 24, 2014, excuse me, to over 1,200 yards in 2013, over 1,500 yards in 2012. And then over 1,200 yards in 2011. But this and his running style, his running style is a running style that you know it, it, it takes. He's going to take a pounding. You know he's going to definitely take some a, a pounding of of sorts. And so at the end of the day, being that he's a guy that takes a big time pounding, how much left does Marshawn Lynch have? 
And that's a question the Raiders are going to have to answer. First of all, it's got to see if the guy will unretire. So we'll see what happens there. But I want to thank Dominic Jones for joining us. I want to thank Dalton Crossing for joining us. You can listen to this show on other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. Or you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for it Hit us up on our website, go for sports.com. That's go for sports.com. And again, that's where we talk sports and have fun doing it, just like we do right here. Talk sports and have fun doing it. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care. Bye.